This time, on episode 443 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Disney Plus, episode 5, Mean Green, and straightforward into these jeans. I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network. Just like the show you're checking out now, shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at getageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. I'm Special Counsel Anthony. And I'm producer of this show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by a brilliant company called Marvel Studios. This show is recorded on Thursday, September 15th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast on a very special Court TV-wide channel. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we love talking about Marvel. Because of skinfluencers. If you'd like to talk to us about skinfluencers, you can find us at our website, legendsofshield.com. If you want to leave us a message about your favorite skincare routine, give us a call at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you know the difference between serum, oil, and all the other things, you can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. If you have a skincare routine to rival Cassie from Euphoria's, then you can watch us definitely not have that on youtube.com slash geek. If you want to argue with people about the best products to use on your skin, head on over to our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of Shield is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Anthony, welcome back to the show for another week. We sorely need you this week with all the legalese going on in She-Hulk. Yeah, this is definitely the most legally oriented uh, episode, I think, so far. And I have a lot of thoughts. And we'll get to those thoughts shortly. I will say that this episode and next episode will be slightly different. One, they're recorded at different times than our normal time that we record. And two, they're going to be raw due to the fact that I don't have time to edit so much. So I'll make some quick light edits. But for the most part, what you hear live is what this show is going to be in the feed later. So my apologies, I guess, maybe, maybe you like it better. I don't know, but enjoy Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Raw Edition. Are you guys ready to talk about the She-Hulk episode? Oh, yeah. Let's go. She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 5, premiered on Disney Plus, Thursday, September 15, 2022. The episode was titled, Mean, Green, and Straight Poured into These Jeans. The IMDb description, 
was She-Hulk discovers Titania owns the name She-Hulk and is suing for her trademark infringement. Lauren, who directed the episode? We have a new director this episode. It was directed by Anu Valia, who has 25 directing credits starting in 2011, including three of Above Average Presence, Above Average Presents, that makes more sense, I think, two of Mixed-ish, two of Robbie, one of Love, Victor, three of Never Have I Ever, two of And Just Like That, and three episodes of She-Hulk. I believe this is just the second director of the She-Hulk series that we've seen so far. Michelle, who wrote the episode? This episode was written by Dana Schwartz, has two writing credits starting in 2017, including The United States of Detroit, which is a documentary. This episode of She-Hulk, Dana is a staff writer for the nine episodes. And Jessica Gao, for those that have not heard our episodes before or paid attention to the credits is the She-Hulk showrunner. Now, for those unfamiliar with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., what we do before the start of any new episode that we talk about is we run down an exclusive Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. synopsis. This is to prevent us from going into uh, paths where we just describe and this happened and this happened and this happened. So we're just going to get it out of the way right away. So Lauren, start us off with our Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. exclusive synopsis of mean, green, and poured straight into these genes. Titania has turned the She-Hulk name into a line of sham beauty products. Ched quickly has a hustle selling signed She-Hulk products and tells Jen, a lawyer, about how trademark works. Cut to Titania's pop-up store at the Grove where Titania quickly shuts Jen down. Back at the office, Jen wrestles with accepting if she wants to have the name She-Hulk. Pug makes a deal with Nikki. She will stand in line with him so he can score two pairs of Iron Man 3s, and he will introduce her to the Drip Broker, the best maker of superhero clothing. After an awkward conversation at the boba shop, the clerk lets Nikki and Pug in the back and shows them his extensive line of bootleg merchandise. Nikki and Pug purchase an ensemble of Avengers gear, which gets them access to the door of the exclusive tailor. Nikki lies that her client is an Avenger. But hey, it works. Since anyone who represents themselves has a fool for a client, including lawyers, Mallory Book is assigned Jen's case. Mallory argues that Titania is using the public's goodwill for profit. The case depends on if Jen can prove she had a pattern of using the name She-Hulk before the trademark was filed. Jen realizes that her string of bad dates as She-Hulk will win her the case. And she's right. The testimony is humiliating. Dr. Dreamy admits that he wouldn't date Jen. Only She-Hulk interests him. Jen wins the case. Titania vows that their dispute isn't over. After the case, Mallory and Jen bond over the crap women have to deal with. Everyone agrees that Jen needs better clothes. And Luke doesn't do basic, so he agrees to use lots of stretch wool after seeing Jen turn into Jen and then back into She-Hulk. After the trial, Jen goes to Luke for her new clothes. We don't see the outfits yet, but we do see part of Daredevil's outfit. Yes, that amazing cow. We'll talk more about that later. 
All right, let's talk about our first thoughts. We'll start with Michelle. I feel seen. So, lack of legal realism aside, I think this was the most character-focused on Jen since the first episode. The, the first episode that we really get a better understanding of who Jen is as a person. This was the weakest episode for me, at least on first watch. Um, I'm wondering now if that has to do with the fact that it's it's just a different writer. So, um, yeah, it's going to feel different. I was very amused by the uh, legal stuff as well. I can't wait till we get into it. I think this is one of my favorite episodes so far. It's just a ton of fun and the real life, everything that this could be for the most part, I think is a large part of that. I think this episode was a touching way to get Jennifer to accept that name and the identity of She-Hulk while finally introducing Mallory Book to some sort of meaningful role. So I think this is great along those lines. Definitely a slower episode. I think we'll talk about it, but definitely had a lot of meaning to it, in my opinion. All right, we are definitely going to start talking in the legalese. We're going to start talking about the trademark, and I can't think of anybody that's more qualified on this podcast to talk about trademarks than Anthony. Thank you, SP. Yeah, I watched this episode this afternoon, um, and I immediately had a number of thoughts regarding how the trademark system in the MCU is vastly different from the trademark system established in our world. Primarily, the biggest thing for me is there is no way the um, the, the USPTO. Um, the Post and Trademark Office approves trademarks within days. <laughs> so the entire foundation behind this lawsuit is ridiculous. It just it doesn't happen. It's not an area that I specialize in, but I have filed trademarks before and it just it it doesn't happen. It does not happen that quickly. It is weeks if not months. There is investigation. There all of the stuff that they were talking about, frankly in the the trial should have occurred before Titania was even approved for the trademark. This is all stuff that would have been vetted long before they finally gave Titania a stamp of approval. At best, she would have had, you know, a, a pending trademark, that, and that would have been subject to a, a number of things. Um, I'll get into the the stuff on Hulk in just a sec, but uh, that's kind of, you know, where my my first blush. That's where I was going. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. So my best friend is a trademark attorney. And as soon as I started watching this episode, I'm like, Mary, you need to watch this just the second you're done with work. And uh, one of her comments is, there's no way Titania has anything more than an app, given how slow the USPTO is. Uh, she also mentioned that um, she was also glad with the don't associate, uh, don't try to rep yourself. And then she yelled false association really loud, but I forget at what part. <laughs> I've delved into this from the creative arts, from the podcasting standpoint, just because so many people ask questions. Do I need to copyright my show? Do I need to trademark my show? So I looked into it. And also, I am a rocket scientist. And, you know, the tech and engineering sector, they have a lot of trademarks and they have a lot of pa patents and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, well, 
I'll learn a little bit of it. And just remember, this is a Marvel show. Everything's going to run at the speed of comic books. That's what's going on here. So whatever universe it is, we'll just call it the comic book USPTO. Yeah, there was a there was a thread in the lawyers subreddit, uh, not to be confused with the legal advice subreddit, which is just a, a garbage dumpster fire that no one should ever be involved in. The lawyers subreddit, you actually have to show your your bar association card. You, so you have to be approved just to read the posts, never mind posting it. And there was a post on this episode um, this sometime this afternoon, because I am not the only attorney who's also a nerd. And there was a lot of discussion about the realism of the MCU as, how do they put it? The MCUSPTO versus the regular USPTO, uh, the, the Patent and Trademark Office. So yeah, everybody involved in that thread was, was ripping it to shreds. I still enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed the little cur- I mean, it's just a, a sitcom, right? So you just go into it and you just, you're like, okay, wh- how are they going to get out of it? And I did enjoy the fact that they went into the well from last episode and the way that Mallory and Jen won the case was to bring back all those horrible dates. So we got reminded of that from last episode and Michelle went into depth on that whole thing last week and i i want to ask you michelle on that were you okay seeing them again or did you think it was too far i understand throwing yourself under the bus i what i meant by i feel seen is the whole jen and she-hulk and Dr. Dreamy, I, don't, I know he has a name, but I don't know, whatever. Um, I want to call him something else, but we're a clean podcast, so I'll just stick with Dr. Dreamy. Him saying, I don't like Jen, I only like She-Hulk, hit me because I was in a relationship where he only liked part of me. And not just didn't like other parts, but which shut me down. Which shut me down when I would try to express those other parts. And we were together about four years. And I think he, he, he wanted to marry me. It was getting like that close. But what I did is I had to sit down and I had to ask myself, yeah, you love him, but does he actually love you? And when I started to realize he didn't love me, he loved the idea of me and only the parts he wanted to deal with. And it's like, he just wanted to, you know, bring parts of me out and then put parts of me back. And it hurts. It hurts. So that part of having different sides to yourself everyone has different sides to themselves all the time this is my podcast self i have my professional self same thing with sp and chris you know we we don't act like this at work at least okay i don't i don't know about the rest of you but this is not work michelle this is podcast michelle uh but it's just when you're with someone you want someone to accept all of you and 
I just, that's what I meant when I said I feel seen when it comes to this episode. That guy, much like Dr. Poopy Pants here, is a poopy pants because that, I don't know, they just seem not very nice. Nope, but I'm curious what the reaction for this is going to be. I know what our reaction is, but I don't know what the general public's reaction is because you don't really get to see that too much until the next day. And we're, for the first time ever, podcasting the same day the episode came out, so... We'll see how it goes. Now, Anthony, was there anything more about the trademark and the court appearance that you wanted to go into? Yeah. So this is something the the part that I said first was something that I was aware of again through my involvement. But one of the other attorneys uh, in the thread on Reddit mentioned that Bruce would have to be involved in this, assuming he has ownership of the Hulk trademark. Titania would have to show that there's no confusion to the consumers that Bruce is endorsing her line of products. And if you doubt this, go ahead and try trademarking the term she Disney and say, oh, no, it's, it's completely separate. It has nothing to do with them. It's just entirely a coincidence. Yeah, the mouse lawyers will be on your ass faster than you can blink. So I, you know, that was something that was brought to my attention. They said, yeah, Bruce is definitely going to have to be involved in this, um, in the lawsuit, and he's going to have to testify Again, he would have to be involved and and contacted long before the trademark was ever officially filed. But that's another thing that um, just brings, just kind of screened, you know, they they didn't quite do their due diligence uh, on this one. You bring up a good point, the Disney lawyers. We actually have to contend with them here on this show as well. And my goal is to never contend with them and do everything above board. So you will notice the name of this podcast is not just Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because if it was just Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I have a hunch, especially with our logo, that the Disney lawyers would issue a cease and desist. Or they could go and litigate, but I think it would just be a cease and desist. That is why the name of this show is Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Studios TV and film fan podcast that is what differentiates our name from a cease and desist at least for now now disney legal department if i'm incorrect on that please shoot me a note and let's talk about it so we don't get a cease and desist i could rebrand really quick (laughs) can i hop in here with something that my so i had to let my best friend know about the mcuspto because i knew she'd find it hilarious And then she had to mention, like, even when the USPTO is operating fast, it would take three to four months minimum to examine an app. And then there's a bunch of other steps. And that's not counting that the examiner should have, you know, called out the false association. I wish it was as easy to get a trademark as the show implied. My life would be so much less stressful. I once got an office action trying to claim false association with a random local ice cream company that white labels all the ice cream they sell outside their two uh, small towns in Michigan. No way would they not be like, uh, do you have an association with She-Hulk? And then at best, Titania should have a pending application unless the show spanned way more time than it seems. I think you can still file a lawsuit if you have a pending application, if there is, I want to say intent to do harm, and I don't know the legalese here, but if somebody else is trying to monetize it, you can try to 
preempt it if you filed first with the patent and trade office. Anthony, am I anywhere in the right ballpark there? That doesn't sound entirely incorrect, but again, as it's not my primary area of expertise, I I have tangential knowledge of it. It's something that I dabble in on occasion if I have to for clients that are, you know, basically uh, contracting me for other work. And it's like, oh yeah, I need to open an LLC. And then I'm also going to have to go ahead and, you know, file, file trademark. So my knowledge is limited, but it doesn't sound too far off that you don't have to wait until the application is approved to file, um, to file the lawsuit. If you can show, um, you know, clear and existing harm to the brand now, you know, you don't have to wait. Another thing I thought was hilarious with the whole court thing was the fact that the beginning when Titania was, or her lawyer was arguing or whatever, she would sit and stand with the lawyer until the lawyer said, no, no, you don't have to. And then she tried, she tried to go into commercial with all her stuff. Let's enter this into evidence. And this is my scent and everything. The judge's like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. So I, I just thought that was funny. A little bit that they played. Yeah, Jamila Jamil's uh, American accent is top-notch uh, in this. She's used it a few other times in voice work. Like, if you ever watched the DuckTales animated series, yes. which I highly recommend. Yeah, she's in that. Um, I, I had to pay a little bit of tribute to her today. Uh, if you're watching, you can see this. I did a very quick and lazy uh, Titania makeup look. I don't have rhinestones, so I just dabbed some glitter on. Yay. Talking about accents, yeah, I talked about it in the last podcast, but Tatiana Muslini in Orphan Black, it's just amazing all the voice work that she can throw around. It's it's really cool. And talking about Miss She-Hulk, she's got a clothes problem. She's got a fashion, she's got a wardrobe problem, and everybody else recognizes it around her. And Nikki wants to get in here. I think this is pretty good with Nikki and Pug. So I like them teaming up. I like them going into the deep, dark bowels of superhero clothing makeup. This is different than what we've seen it before, because before we've seen Tony Stark as the fabricator of stuff over on Netflix with the Daredevil series. We've also seen the costumes made up over there. Well. That doesn't exist anymore in a lot of ways. Now we have our new costume maker. So I like this whole thing that went down and Jen does need some new clothes. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. And I adore Luke. I don't do basic. My my um, is combat ready. I know how to integrate weapons. What type of superheroing do you do? We need, we need him to like host some sort of like project superhero where you've got 10 wannabe, you know, superhero costume designers. And um, yes, I know this is a ripoff of all the project runway next in fashion, all those things, but come on, let's just have some sort of like Luke show. And then, we can also act, you know, bring in Madison, you know, with two wins and the why you don't expect where that is and Wongers, because of course they have to be judges as well. And, you know, it would just, there we go. That's just, I, there is this meme of uh, all the like 
um, movies Wong has been in, and it's like the Wongers cinematic universe. And yes, yes, I, it's just all these little offshoot things that this show is like doing, and it's just it's like spinning off of other things. It's amazing. That would have been an incredible tie-in if they could have brought Madison in to be waiting in line at the store that they were going into and them running, Nikki and Jen running into Madison. I That would have been awesome. But I realized the actor is probably only good for so many episodes, you know, money and everything. I get it. I think it'd be but. hilarious to just have her in the background of scenes and they never draw attention to her, but she is always there doing something. I think that'd be great. Odds are she would be in the background drinking. Exactly. <laughs> she does. But she could be drinking and dancing. She could be drinking and karaoke. But um, yeah, I'm so glad that the MCU now officially has their Edna mode. Yeah, what's up with these modern stores needed to be like clubs? Seriously, that's just a lot of wasted money going in to make a store look like a club. I, seriously, I, if I'm buying something, I don't want m- part of that money that i'm getting for that good to go into making the store look like a club but she has a pop-up at the globe at the grove okay the grove is actually a real store thank you very much it's a real mall it's actually a mall complex not a store it's a mall complex and that's what i mean she's a skin fluencer you have to have everything for the gram i've been to a couple pop-ups but it was mostly for food and they the most that they kind of did was like add streamers anthony you ever go to a pop-up do you get the good you know jerry garcia ties and stuff for work no okay no that is not my aesthetic at all but i am i'm just absolutely loving how they have have really just kind of embraced the uh the titania look for the marketing of this show and how Jamila Jamil is all in on this. She has just become Titania in a way that is hilarious, um, both, you know, in universe and for the marketing and also on a meta level, because Jamila Jamil is famous for calling out all of those influencers and saying, you know, you're, she calls out the Kardashians on the reg. She's like, your products are horrible for you know, body image and, and skin and things of that nature. She personally, just as, a, as an individual, has done more to highlight all of the problems that these influencers do. So the fact that she is playing Titania and going full bore on all of that is just, it is beautiful. It is inspired casting. And you know that she just sits there because she knows this stuff because she calls it out all the time that she is sitting there in the writer's room or, or on set and saying, you know what else an influencer would do? This, this, and this. So she brings so much more to the character than just what is on the page because of everything that she has been dealing with and fighting against for the past like 10 plus years. Um, you know, not to, not to mention everything that she was as, as Tahani in The Good Place. So like there's that level on top of it as well. Because, you know, Tahani would absolutely be, you know, one of those uh, influencer types. So uh, I just think the, the whole thing is brilliant. And, and uh, just the, the ads for the show and everything, they are, they're going for it. And I love it. You know, Tahani would just be there like, oh, my very good friend, Titania. Yes, my good friend, Titania, and my other good friend, She-Hulk, are in a battle. And I just don't know who to side with. <gasps> oh, God, I think it was probably her idea with the hat. 
I, you know, that big old hat. I could just see her in the wardrobe going, no, that's too small. We need bigger. There it is. There. We need this huge hat that was like a cape. It was just, it was she amazing. Threw it off sitting down in the courtroom. Not going to lie. Yeah. I'd, I'd want then, that just yeah. so I could do that. No, the, the picture of um, when she is, you know, when they're meeting with Mallory and she's like, oh, this is the person that outmaneuvered her. And in the picture she's wearing is huge hat. It's just this huge hat. And I just see in the wardrobe. I, I think she probably was there the entire wardrobe going no. And in the makeup room going no. This is this is only a level seven. This we need to do a level thirteen. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. More everything up to eleven. I liked how the fact that after the court thing was over, she went over to Jen and said, This is not over yet. And then she was leaving. And then the muscle guy that was dating, I don't remember his name. He's oh. like making moves on her. And she's like, Yes, you can come and buy me something. Let's go. I don't remember the character's name, but that is David Otunga, former WWE wrestler. I was actually just last night before I fell asleep watching like Finisher Mania, a bunch of people doing like their finishing moves. And he was on there. And I was like, wait That's a minute, where I, knew him I just from. saw that guy. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was in WWE from like 2010 to 2020. This episode ended with a great big tease because we don't see Jen's outfits at all. So we're going to see that next time. And we get to see Daredevil's cowl in like a hat box. And we don't see anything more than that. And then this is the first episode that there was no stinger. There was no tag. There was no mid credit scene, post credit scene, whatever you want to call it. So I was expecting something else to happen at the end and nothing happened. And I was like disappointed. But at the same time, I like, oh, you're going to end on that tease. That was a good tease for both, both the outfits and the cow. I think they also kind of put that energy, I guess, into, um, so I love watching the end credits. They're done in the style of courtroom sketches and they're very fun. And they change every at the end of every episode. There's some aspects in it that change. Like this time, the evidence that Jen was holding was an Avengers mug. And here they had they had Pug's shoe room. And uh, does anyone want to talk about anything else before I go into these superheroes that I that Scott and I identified? I mean, we're going to talk about the shoes next anyway. So shoot. Okay, so I I had been watching. I right as the scene was leaving, I was like, "Oh, that's a Deadpool shoe." So I went back, which led to my spouse and I taking an hour to try to identify these, and I think we got all of them, but maybe three. So cameos. Deadpool, Green Goblin, Vision, The Thing, Captain Marvel, Cyclops, Ghost Rider, Namor, Nova, Hulk, Loki, I think Loki, Falcon, Spider-Man, Moon Knight, De bleh. okay, I put Deadpool in there twice, apparently, Cap, Bishop, Luke Cage, Storm, Black Panther, Hawkeye, Sentry, Electro, Doctor Strange, Thor, Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer. The three that I couldn't ID, there's one on the top left side that's red and brown. And I think it might be Star-Lord. It looks kind of like his jacket pattern. There is uh, one on, it's like in the middle left at the top. Uh, it is bl red, blue, and gold with a red leaf on a white like rectangle. And the closest thing I can think of is Jack of Hearts, but I don't know. 
And then there's one, it's right behind Pug's arm, again on the left side. It's blue with a gold pattern on it. Or it's blue and gold, and on the gold part, there is like a little pattern on it. And I think it might be Comics Thanos, but I don't know. So before we go on, Jack of Hearts is a character that we have not seen yet in the MCU at all. So Lauren, you want to briefly tell everybody who Jack of Hearts is? Um, the only thing that I really remember about him was that, um, there was this, it was right before Avengers disassembled years ago. And there was this whole thing where I think it was Scarlet Witch who freaked out and mind controlled Jack of Hearts and he exploded killing Scott Lang. Yeah. Yeah. Jack of Hearts also uh, actually just came back in the recent, uh, in the ongoing She-Hulk run. Huh. Um, but. But I was able to bring up, by the way, um, an article um, on, uh, I guess, a slash film or, or some website. Uh, so the one in the upper, upper left that you were talking about, the, the brown and red is Juggernaut. The okay. one, the blue and yellow directly behind. The, the one blue and gold directly behind Pug is Speedball. Speedball. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and the other one. Uh, the the blue, red, and gold with uh, with a leaf pattern uh, is uh, Kamala Khan. The one sort of in the middle, uh, in the in the middle of the. Why uh, would a red leaf be a symbol for Kamala? Well, I don't know. I'm not because I'm not seeing anyone with a red leaf, but I'm seeing. Uh, I see the only one I see with a with a red leaf is Falcon and, and you already named yeah, that it's, one. It's, a, it's on the shelf above Falcon. Um, and it's right on like the middle of the page. There's where the two shelves meet and it's on just to the left side, the very top row. Mm. Uh, Cause there's another one, uh leapfrog. You didn't name him. No, but didn't. he's in there. I think um, that one might be the Dr. Doom one because the, it's, it looks kind of like it, but it has get the yellow for the shoulder pads. And then if you look a little closer, it has metal around it, like his mask. I think there's it's a very- couple I saw that were like, there was one I saw that identified the one that I ID'd as Bishop as um, uh, Kamala. But if you look close, you can see the M and it's in the same pattern and as his suit. There was also um, the one that I that was that I ID'd as Storm. I had initially ID'd as Cable, but somebody took a better picture and it was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's Storm's costume." I don't know about you guys, but I I would think that this means something. I don't think it was just thrown up there. I think all those are characters that we're going to see very shortly in the MCU. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been known to be wrong before, but wouldn't that be awesome if this was like a big Kevin Feige? Here you go. Here's what we're going to see. Every superhero solo film until the year 2055. Yeah. Well, Deadpool 3 is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You see Deadpool. Although, I mean, for that matter, we could have seen Shrek's shoes because they mentioned Shrek. So Shrek is at the MCU. Oh, my God. I didn't even consider that. I'm pretty sure we've talked in the bonus audio at one point in time about shoe collecting. And I believe there was like a Netflix show about collectors and, and shoe collectors or whatever that we talked about in the, in the post credits a while back. 
But I think out of all of us, Michelle knows a little bit about people that collect shoes. Everybody has a thing, right? And it's one thing to have like a shoe collection that you wear and it's extensive. Met some of those, but I have met some people, especially um, like with Jordans. It's really started, I think, with like the basketball, with like Air Jordans and all of these things. And, you know, at first on some level, I can get it. People be like, you're supposed to wear shoes. So you're going to have a pair to look at and then a pair to do. But if you think about it, we're a bunch of nerds. We collect comic books. Some people collect um, pop funk bows, you know, and have them a big display all across. Some of us do little figurines. Um, I've got people, I collect dice. I'm, you know, I play Dungeons and Dragons and other things. I have become, I was a, before the pandemic, I was very much a dice goblin. And, you know, just take a pause and realize, you know what? People, people, everyone's got their thing. and. As long as it's not hurting other people, degrading other people, let people have their silly, you know, shoe collection, pumpkin spice lattes, um, little figurines, whatever. Just let them have some joy. So being sneakerheads has like swept its way through the AEW locker room, it seems. Again, Lauren loves wrestling. Surprise. But... The Young Bucks um, kind of take it to another level since their their whole gimmick started being just being incredibly obnoxious. So they wear like different sneakers, different very expensive sneakers on every show. Like I think they were wearing some Gucci ones that got bled on for a thing. And yeah, it's just it's. You look at all these people's videos and they're like, oh, we're going to this next store in this next city and we're going to see what they have. And they're just so excited. And it's like, yeah, in my opinion, it's like, like if you were just to ask me, what's your first impression? I'm like, oh, that's so much money. But then I think about how much money I've spent on comics and video games and stuff over the years. And it's like, like Michelle said, let people enjoy their thing. Indeed. I guess the only thing we haven't talked about yet is Mallory. And this was Mallory's first extended appearance. And we did see her before, but this is the first time that she's out doing scenes and we get to see some bonding between her and Jen. So yeah, let's talk about Mallory. How'd you do in the courtroom? Well, she looked amazing. And I know that's such a shallow thing to talk about when we were just like, women are more than their looks. But oh, this, like they, even they on the episode kept pointing out like, oh my God, she dresses amazing. Where does she get her clothes? I love Renee Elise Goldberry and getting to see her be that very competent, very no-nonsense, very intelligent lawyer and seeing her hanging out with Jen afterwards, I was, I was very pleased. Yeah, uh, to me, I, I made my jokes about the the legal stuff. The most realistic part of the episode was Jen and Mallory bonding over how women have to work twice as hard to be taken half as seriously as their male counterparts. 
And I, I was just chuckling because I know speaking to some of the women in my life that I know they would watch this and go, absolutely. I have had those conversations. I have been in that moment. I have been that woman who has busted her hump and still gotten passed over for the mediocre dude. And, you know, not just that, but also Mallory pointing out like, you're a legitimate superhero. And these guys think, yeah, I could pull better. Like, what? What? I just, it it blows my mind. Um, And it also just makes me, you know, appreciate the the realism of those kinds of conversations that much more. I really thought you were going to say the most realistic part was them going to a couple of lawyers going to hang out at a bar. Oh, no. I mean, listen, we have to, we have to survive what we do somehow. Yeah. I mean, one of the harshest times I drank is, is after uh, getting thoroughly embarrassed in the courtroom by a judge. Um, Five o'clock I was at that bar and I texted my friends and I was like, I'm here. I know we're not supposed to get here until seven, but it's down the street from the courthouse. And by the time they arrived, they were like, okay, you're cut off and we're going to get you some food and some water. And you're not allowed to drive for at least a couple hours until we sober you up. And I was just like, but the judge said that. So yes, lawyers drinking happens all the time. Oh yeah. Fourth wall breaking. It was pretty minimal on this episode, but I liked what they did. You you saw Jen being excited about things, but it was more like facial expression comments in this episode, but very well done. I liked the toned down aspect of it here. That could have been part of a new writer thing and just a new style there, but I like the change. I mean, no points for me throwing it and tossing it to you, just like her fourth wall break at the end. Oh, yeah, the clothes. No, no points for that. I mean, it was subtle, but it was there. Yeah. Okay. So you can have your points there. Awesome. All right. We'll do last thoughts. Lauren, what do you think? I'm going to have to watch it again, because as y'all have been talking, you've been selling me more on some stuff. So, yeah, we'll see if once we're done with the series, I'll still say, ah, I still think this one's kind of weak, but no, I'm, I mean, it's a fun show. This was a pretty fun episode. And uh, yeah, that Daredevil cameo sort of thing. I am enjoying this series still. The L.A. references. Unfortunately, the whole identity thing. It, this show I unexpectedly is hitting me on so many things. I am enjoying it. I really am. I'm going to be filing a temporary injunction against the writers uh, to to pause the show until such time as they can prove that they can do more legal research and at least get some of these things <laughs> that aren't so blaringly uh, incorrect. I, I joke. I joke, of course. I, I think this was a, a slightly above average episode. Um, I, I do think it's possible to do accurate legal stuff and still bring the humor. And for that, I posit my cousin Vinny, quite possibly the most accurate legal uh, comedy or film of all time. Anthony, is your biological clock ticking? 
like this. If they're going to make clothes for a 6-7 She-Hulk that also fit on a, let's call it roughly 5-4 Gen Walters, this is going to have to be some pretty sensational fabric. This episode hit me more in the feels than anything else. I do recognize it was kind of slow. I do recognize there wasn't a lot of action. Actually, I think there was no action. But I think it was very important that we establish Jen's identity. This is far enough from the point where she first became She-Hulk. And now she's had to deal with it for a while. She's like put it at arm's length. And now, yeah, she admits she is She-Hulk. So she came to terms with that. I think that was needed. Did it have to be done in this way? I don't know. And the last thing that I will say is the series has been doing an interesting job of making sure that Jen's family is included in every episode. And this episode, it was Chet. And Chet, he's just like this goofball, right? And he speaks this horrible truth that, Jen, why did you let this happen? You know, he's trying to come in and make a buck, but he's like, Jen, why did you let this happen? This is so unlike you. And then, you know, she crawls up with a pillow on her couch and screams into it. But Chad, I didn't think we we're going to see him again. And yep, he rolls right in. So I think we're going to see Chad. Maybe Chad's the one that's going to use the shovel. Maybe it's Morris, the dad. I don't know. But somebody's going to use that shovel. And I didn't see it in the apartment, but I'm sure it's there. All right. We hope that you've enjoyed our coverage of Shia Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 5. We will be covering Episode 6 next time. Now, if you're listening to this before we record our Episode 6, it's not going to be at the normal time. Just like this one, it's going to be moved. But it's not going to be right after the episode. It's going to be the Sunday after the episode. So we're going to be recording this on Sunday at 2 p.m. on the 25th of September. And then I will probably do the same thing and get the podcast out as soon as I can after that. So that's what we plan to do. In the meantime, Chris, what do you think we should be doing? I think we need to head on over to Captain Boba's Cafe and see what they've got in stock. Yeah, Boba Tea, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all, but I know it's pretty big. I also know it's pretty big out west, and I think that's where it originated. I'm just guessing, but uh, yeah, not a fan of the boba. So it actually originated in Hong Kong, and funnily oh. enough, the reason that it's called boba is those little round tapioca balls. Well, it's boba is slang for boobs. Of course, everything's slang for boobs. I still don't like it. I, I love tried. it. I tried in my head. I'm like, you know, yeah, maybe. No, no. I just, I, there's something about sucking this ball up in a straw that just, it's wrong. It just, it shouldn't happen. <sighs> All right. Anthony, thank you very much for joining us this week as I just broke you. Where can people find you if they're looking for you? Well, uh, <laughs> just... You can't make a comment like that, SP, and then throw it right to me. I mean, that, that's 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 like Chris. Okay, but seriously, um, uh, you're a. Uh, but seriously, you can find all of my uh, shows, episodes, Capes on the Couch, uh, on our website, capesonthecouch.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Capes on the Couch. All right, and we're so glad to still have you on Retainer. Yep. 
Um, I want to thank everybody who shows up and listens to us. And uh, we we love you guys. We hope that you're doing well. Yes, thank you to everyone who interacts with us and hop on over to our Discord because not only did I share news and we talk about the show, there's also an interesting thread in one of our other channels about different uh, hamburger and fry establishments. It's been a very interesting thread to read. You can also find me on Twitter at shell underscore game. Everybody who chooses to let us into their ear holes is just a wonderful friend waiting to happen, unless you're our friend already, and then you're just a wonderful friend. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to Play Comics, and by the time you're hearing this, it's probably been my birthday, and I will be spending the next week in bed crying about how I got so old. Son, you, you are not any, old. Yeah, yeah you don't know anything. I'm going to be yet. 36. Holy oh, whatever. Oh, you poor baby. baby. Multiply that by two, and then we'll talk. Jeez, actually, I won't be around. Multiply by two. It's just, it's not going to happen. Anyway, thank you everybody for coming by. Really appreciate you. Uh, I did a great interview over on Better Podcasting Chats with SP with a Hall of Fame podcaster, Scott Johnson, over the frog pants network check that out over at betterpodcasting.com until next time i'm director sp i'm agent lauren i'm agent michelle i'm agent chris and i'm special counsel anthony all right we'll see everybody next time bye 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 thank you for listening if you want to leave us feedback go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I got contacted by a guy that wants to have me on a show, and it's... What's the name of the show? Wait, you haven't seen this, I believe, is the name of the show. Let's see if I can get it right. Yeah, wait, you haven't seen dot, 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 question mark. And what he does is he has guests on his show that hasn't seen a movie. So they watch the movie for the first time and then come talk about it. So he was asking me what movies I hadn't seen yet. I was like, uh, I don't know. Let me, let me think about it. So I made a list. And surprising, my list does not go back too far. I've got one movie from 1995, 12 Monkeys. And then the, oh, I haven't seen that in ages. I saw the TV show, but I never saw the movie. And then my next movie is in 2009 which is the Twilight Saga New Moon. 
and then 2010, the Twilight Saga Eclipse, and then uh, 2011, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, also in 2011, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> in 2012, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. And the only reasons I would be thinking about watching them, of course, is Anna Kendrick. Well, yes. The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. And I know they're not as good as the Lord of the Rings movies, but I still love them. I have to qualify that. I tried to watch it. I fell asleep. Uh, 2013, Frozen. 2013, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. 2013, Snowpiercer. 2014, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. 2014, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. It's another one I tried to watch and fell asleep. I have no idea what happens in these movies, so I consider it first watch. Uh, 2014, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, and in 2015, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I still haven't seen Part 2. 2015, Mad Max Fury Road. You haven't seen that one? I own it. I've never watched it. I love that one. I can't wait for you to watch it. It's so good. That's the one that I wanted to do for this, but uh, either that or uh, in two, two from now. So 2016, The Secret Life of Pets. 20, it, I just would like to see it. 2016, also Arrival. Oh, God, that's one of my favorite movies ever. I own it. Never seen it. Again, I can't wait for your so opinion good. So Yeah. I'm noticing a pattern here of most of these movies are after I started podcasting. So my time <laughs> kind of got sucked up to do <laughs> podcasting. Uh, 2016, The Finest Hours, 2016, Collateral Beauty, 2017, Blade Runner, 2049, 2017, War for the Planet of the Apes, 2018, Incredibles 2, 2018, A Quiet Place, 2018, Rich. I haven't seen A Quiet Place. I think I'll watch it this October. Mm. 2018, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I love that one. Yes. 2018, The Meg. <laughs> well, they're coming out with a sequel next year, so I'm like, man, oh, I probably so should. I kind of refuse to watch movies where sharks are bad guys, just on general principle. Well, you just spoiled the movie so for me. I thought, I thought The Meg was a good guy. Okay. <laughs> or Meg Ryan. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. It's just a giant Meg Ryan. There's a YouTube channel I follow. The guy is a um, a fish biologist and he reacts to like TikTok videos and stuff and those like things of like, "Oh, here's this horrible creature we pulled up from the ocean." And it's his two pet peeves and they are they've become running jokes on his channel are megalodons and crabzilla. I watched Deadly Sketch, or I used to watch Deadly Sketch. So yeah, same. As we've discussed last week, uh, yes. not so much now. Yep, I'm out. 2019 Toy Story Four. Still haven't seen that one. 2019 Frozen Two. You feel like crying. Toy Story or Frozen? Toy Story. Eh, not really, but. I feel like I have to watch Toy Story 4 before I watch Lightyear. 
I still need to see Lightyear too. God, I'm like so behind on my uh Lightyear just came out last week. Yeah. Uh okay, where are we? 2019, 1917. Still haven't seen that one either. 2019 Midway. I've seen the original. I'd like to see this one. 2020 Tenet. 2021 A Quiet Place Part 2. 2021 Jungle Cruise, and that's another caveat that I tried to start watching and just fell asleep. And then 2022, our pal Tom Holland in Uncharted. I haven't seen that one either. And that's it. Those are the ones that I haven't seen. Okay, do you want to hear something funny? At least I think it's funny. Funny for me. Okay, so... Uh, I think y'all know, like I teach science online, so I have to do like live, live demos at home and film them, at least try to do the best that I can. And one of the things that I haven't been able to do until this year was, um, I, I don't know what brain shrimp are, these little microscopic yes. and under them. a microscope. Yeah, do and see them under a microscope and record because yeah. I finally got a good microscope and I figured out how to use my iPhone with the thing and it works and blah, 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 blah. So. Um, I order, um, so bright shrimp, but the picture looked like I was just going to get like a little, like a jar, like one little thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I get the box and I, I'm like, wow, this box is big. I'm like, okay, maybe it just needs a lot of packaging. Cause there's live things in here. No, instead. So I open the box and I pull out this big old, like plastic bag it's like about a foot long right like this big and i'm looking <laughs> at it and it's filled with bright shit but i realized this is like if i was live teaching and i had to do this for 150 students and it's like i used maybe a quarter of a cup of these things and it was just like oh no i didn't realize i was going to have to you know kill so many of them in the name of science <laughs> Because I just thought it's like, okay, get a little, but no, here I am. And, and, and there's no instructions about how to take care of them. None. It was just like, here's a bag full of brine shrimp. Good luck with you. So there's some amazing brine shrimp channels on YouTube. Um, I like watching people who breed weird animals like brine shrimp and um, roly polies and stuff like that. And so, okay, I know this is going to make me sound like a mad scientist, but it's kind of always been my dream to try and breed like brine shrimp or roly polies or ants or something for a trait and just like track okay. their genetics. But well, like, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's science. They do that to dragonflies all the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, but I just thought that was just funny. Here I am just a home and, and a big old thing. It was just like, and when I had to like, get rid of him, it was just like, thank you in the name of science for your sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Just, I can't believe it. it was just so many. I didn't expect to have to kill so many. 
a few before apparently I'm all right killing like like a little bit amount of brine shrimp. I guess I have a limit. I had no idea I would just feel so bad, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's what they were bred for. They were bred to be looked at under a microscope and then, you know, live their lives and that's it. Or be fish food. There's, they eat, right? People feed them to certain fish, right? Yep. Yep. So... Yeah, yeah. And they're also they're also really popular in um, terrariums or whatever the aqua ones are called. Yeah, so that was that was me <laughs> trying. Oh my goodness, filming lab demonstrations tough. I knew it's tough. I knew it was going to be tough. But my, my colleagues don't understand how tough it is when you are a one person crew yeah. and you have to plan, you have to plan, like you have to get the lab stuff. First off, you got to understand the lab. Then you got to get the lab stuff. Then you got to like create like the lesson or the flow of it. And then you got to do something called record yourself, make sure people can see it, make sure people can hear it, especially yeah. hear it. And because I can always, you know, like captions and stuff like that. But if somebody's just listening to it, got to make sure and listen to it, which means I have to do something called editing. And, and it's like, they don't understand, like, like, well, oh, you, you, you just do this. I'm like going, no, I have Camtasia. And it's like, no, you need to understand that some of these lab videos got like 10 tracks to them. And to make down into like 15 minutes and they just look at me like i'm i'm an odd i'm an odd thing i'm a biology teacher i know how to dispose of bodies <laughs> there it is there it is and now i'm a brine shrimp killer <laughs> legends of shield is copyright 2013 through 2022